0: Hello to all you non-fungible forest creatures out there in the Edge of NFT community of dreamers, disruptors, and doers. We have a special Miami Crypto Experience bonus episode for you today. As we make the rounds to various conferences and events in the NFT space, we want to provide you with the inside track on the most fascinating and groundbreaking projects we've discovered. So even if you don't have the time you'd like to travel, connect, and network within the NFT community, we've still got you covered. This bonus episode contains curated content from our interviews at the Miami Crypto Experience Convention that took place from November 10th to 12th of 2021. Thanks to the conference organizers and the Kryptonite virtual team for sharing this content with us. Stay tuned for some truly excellent conversations. Thanks for sharing this time with us, and
1: please enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger
0: founder and partner of Vita Verde Agroforestry, which offers asset-backed avocado antique harvest rights NFTs. After founding and selling several high-tech companies, Patrick and his son lived and sailed on the ocean. It sounds like a story. <laughs> I wish I was there. It was here that they honed their craft of minimalist living, generating and conserving power and fresh water and focusing on sustainable living. Patrick is also partner and co-founder of Ecovillages.life, a tiny eco home and sustainable community design and marketing company. Patrick has been designing eco-friendly and sustainable communities for several decades. We look forward to a fascinating discussion today. Welcome, Patrick.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, amazing to see you, man. Yeah, Um, I'll jump in here with uh, the first question. you seem to be a bit of a, a jack of all trades, uh, software guy, eco-friendly community designer, agroforestry farmer. Sounds like you're a pretty good dad and now into NFTs. Uh, tell us uh, how this all comes together.
2: Well, they actually are kind of connected and, and maybe I can give you a little bit of history of how we got here, the, the Coles Notes version, but um, um, I, I'm Canadian and i would uh, I'd, uh Took my, you know, had a computer science degree and and started uh, a couple software companies. One of them was uh, providing software for the oil and gas companies. and uh, They were moving from spreadsheets. This was like in the early 90s. And uh, so I got to see a lot of, uh, you know, interesting paradigm shifts, I think, in terms of the oil and gas um, business was deregulating from government owned to private sector. So we went from having, you know, maybe 10 Different provinces and states, uh, customers to having thousands, and we, we just got lucky to catch that wave and be, you know, part of part of creating the proper software system rather than than spreadsheets to, to run, you know, big businesses. So you know, we did all right, and uh, I was able to 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 uh, sell that company, the first company, and started another one and sold that one. And uh, ultimately, you know, Canada's a beautiful place, but not a very warm place sometimes. So. I wanted to move down to uh, a better, warmer, tropical climate. And uh, a friend of a friend uh, said, oh, I've got this beach house that I just bought in, in Nicaragua. And I thought, like, honestly, at first I thought that was in Africa. I wasn't sure where Nicaragua was. But it's just north of Costa Rica. Com- countries like Costa Rica have done a much better job of marketing themselves as a tourist destination. But uh, so anyway, I ended up in, you know, I take my family down to Nicaragua. And I just kind of fell in love with the country. The people are super friendly beautiful geography and you know incredible beaches with nobody on them and dormant volcanoes with hot springs and things like that so it's just you know a beautiful beautiful country um, amazing old cities granada is the oldest city in the americas and all spanish colonial cities or you long um, long streets of, of restaurants and things like that It's just a beautiful place so i just really wanted to spend more time down there and at the same time um, you know, living in, in Vancouver, Victoria area in Canada on the West Coast, the cost of property is extremely expensive. It's kind of like the uh, San Francisco of Canada. And uh, when I went down to the to Central America, I was just in, kind of in shock, like a kid in a candy store looking at, you know, property prices. So it was kind of my accident. I, I wanted just to have a little house on the beach there. And and um, I couldn't find one that I liked. And I was looking at one house, and I looked over to my side, and I saw um a farmer out in a peanut field and I thought, well, that's a beautiful property. And by that afternoon, I bought a peanut farm and uh, a lot more space than I really needed for a little house on the beach. And being a, a web based guy, I, I threw up a website and started you know, creating what I thought at the time. I thought I knew what to do to create a development and, and I didn't. But in the end, um, turned a lot of that property into what we're now talking about today, the agroforestry. Um, farm. And uh, at the same time, we'd created a, a foundation called Help Them Help Themselves. And, and the two really kind of meshed together. Uh, help Them Help Themselves does a lot of work building schools and uh, clinics and, and homes for, for those in need. And obviously, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in all the Americas next to Haiti. And beautiful country, beautiful, friendly people, one, the second lowest crime next to Canada of all the countries in the Americas. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, a very poor country And so we, we did a lot of, um, charitable work down there. And so with the agroforestry thing, it's a a great way to blend, blend those things together. Wow. Definitely so many different angles
1: to it. So I understand from a technical perspective, the foundation of what you're doing is this NFT marketplace called Maven NFT. So, so what is this about and, and how is it different from other NFT
2: marketplaces? Well, Maven is a, a brand new marketplace. I mean, most of them, I guess, are, are fairly new these days, but um, we're focus, focused mainly on, on, well, focused solely on hard assets. Um, you know, I, I really kind of appreciate the, the digital art world that's really broken the ice for, for NFTs and and really made people take notice. But I think in five to 10 years, we're going to be looking back, you know, at, uh, at NFTs and, and their use. There'll be prominent use in, in all sorts of things, anything that's contractual basically in in my mind. And we'll be wondering why, you know, why it took so long for us to get there. So we just wanna be kind of um, you know, pushing along the maybe you know, it's it's like when, you know, I've been I've been around the block and I'm, I'm I'm an older guy in the software business now, but you know, in the beginning when Microsoft and IBM and Apple and all those guys were fighting for which operating system, you know, there was Apple OS2 or whatever. We don't hear about that anymore. And, right. and there was a million e-commerce sites. And, you know, ultimately, it kind of was uh, eBay and and Amazon, you know, kind of end up taking over. And I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation of of marketplaces in the NFT space, too. But we really, my my goal is just to kind of push it. And, and I have an ulterior motive of using NFTs to... Um, to, to promote helping people out in in these different countries in Central and South America and I can explain a little bit more of how that works but ultimately I, I think the nFT is a great vehicle too for for you know having a smaller investment amount and 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 having you know funds going straight into people's wallet in you know a country like Nicaragua
3: so. this is a really exciting conversation for us Patrick and um, you know <laughs> we we love um, Everything about uh, supply chain and agriculture, Uh, food tech is is our background. Uh, Jeff and I, I'd love to learn more about this marketplace. Um, I guess your first NFT is Harvest Rights NFT, and you had a chance um, over some mojitos. Tell us a little bit about it, and we're pumped to share this with the listeners. So uh, let it rip.
2: All right. Well, yeah, probably a few too many mojitos in those those pictures, (laughs) but... (laughs) But uh, yeah, good thing this discussion wasn't earlier this morning. But yeah, so the the, the agroforestry component is really just to explain what that is, is um, the best way I can explain it is in nature, you don't find, you know, just one type of plant, you know, like today's typical farming where you have, you know, I bought a peanut farm, right? So I changed it from a peanut farm um, into into an agroforestry farm. And basically, in our case, we have avocado and teak. And teak is a tall tree with deep roots and, you know, it takes 25 years to grow to maturity. And, uh, you know, so it brings nutrients in the soil up to the to the root, to the to the surface, the, the leaves fall. And, you know, that, you know, it's a cycle, right, of, of creating the nutrition. And the avocado plants are kind of a medium rooted plant where, you know, it brings, uh, you know, the nutrients from that level. It can use the nutrients that come down from the teak. And it's, it's a cycle. Like if you're in a jungle or a forest, all, there's millions of Often types of, of plants and and they they're all living in, in in synergy right and then we actually have we don't promote it that much yet but we also have um, stevia which is kind of a much smaller plant as a, a sugar replacement basically that's healthy and uh, that that's kind of the really the surface level plant so the plants protect each other the teak are you know the massive trees that protect against you know rainstorms and, and different things that come through you know protect the avocado. And it's it's just a nice system that works more like nature, and so anyway, the harvest rights really. Um, there, there's lots of teak farms in the world that will you know you will sell you a parcel of teak or whatever, and you know maybe for thirty thousand dollars you can you can buy a chunk of somebody's farm, and uh, we wanted I, I wanted to combine a way to make a you know a larger market space with so a lower a lower entry point, but also um, involve crypto in a way that, um, you know, we, we were in Bitcoin beach and I got really inspired there in, in El Salvador when El Salvador switched over to, to Bitcoin as a, as a currency for the country. And I think a lot of these other countries in, in Central America are going to be doing the same thing. We could talk about that for hours, I'm sure. But, but basically, um, what Bitcoin beach was able to do is really change the lives of people, by uh, allowing them to to trade in a currency and especially with remittances if somebody's working in los angeles and they're you know they want to send their uncle some funds in in el salvador you know it used to used to get heavily you know taxed basically i mean if you send it in western union you lost 30 percent of what you sent but you know now now it's you know pretty much of free right sending it from his wallet to somebody else's wallet so and and now they can go to McDonald's or wherever and buy you know a burger with crypto and, and in El Salvador, which is is kind of cool. And you know I bought a can of Coke and with you know with my Bitcoin wallet. And so anyway, it, it really has changed the the, the 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 economy there and and really helped people that didn't have a, really an opportunity to to get into things like that before. And so with our Harvest Rights, basically, when you invest in the Harvest Right in NFT, you get not only the, the um, whatever your nft is percentage wise of the over fa- overall farm so you could buy that we started them off at 200 dollars worth of, of bitcoin basically so um you know if if you, you you can you can buy one nft you could buy 100 nfts you could buy whatever fits your budget you know three nfts whatever but whatever percentage that represents of the overall farms production for the next 25 years is also the return on investment to your nft so your nft is attached to your your wallet and when we harvest avocado for instance it gets the harvest gets spread out to all the nfts uh, ownership and you know directly deposited into your crypto wallet and the second part of that is because of the digital art that's been you know such a huge boom in in nfts we wanted to kind of have a pathway from what people recognize to where we're going with the harder asset nfts and so we actually included a piece of art original piece of art from in this case uh, Nicaraguan artists and so they they are doing well they're excited because we're we're purchasing their artwork and um you know digitizing it but also and with it, with every 100 nfts sold in a series um you have a chance if you buy one you have one in 100 if you buy 100 you have 100% chance of winning the actual original piece of art so it you know it's a it it, it promotes the the local artists as well and, and they're excited about it yeah and then it's it's a, the third component is, is that piece that gives back to the to the local community. And and that's where I'm really excited about. So a, a portion of the NFT is uh, when you purchase the NFT, a portion of your funds go directly into the wallet of a local family um, that works around the farm. Um, there's a few thousand people in the village nearby there. So we're really kind of trying to create another Bitcoin beach in Nicaragua and, and, and replicate this from country to country. And, and create an economy of, of, you know, a crypto economy throughout Central America.
3: You know, I, I just, I can't help but think about Thanksgiving and, and the holidays coming up. And what an amazing gift this NFT offers uh, uh, for someone that, you know, wants to show someone what is possible with NFTs and create this, like, you know, virtuous cycle. It, it's it's really quite incredible. I'm going to snag one for for my girlfriend. She's a huge avocado guacamole lover. And, uh, this is quite a special project that you're working on.
1: And I did want to ask also the store. I mean, the story is, uh, is important, right. And, and elevating that story. And I think you've talked about that in the give back. Is is there an opportunity to, uh, to interact with and have a closer connection to the folks that the the project is giving back to? Is there a story being told, uh, via your, uh, your social channels or uh, on your website? Where can we learn more about uh, the folks that this project is impacting?
2: Yeah, if you go to Verde agroforestry.com that's the, the kind of the best place and and the, the the there's I think 20 families on there right now that we have just kind of high, spotlighted and you can learn about them I mean in this case the first ones we did were a lot of, of people with disabilities that really need help but it's going um, to expand to all the people in the community where um, you know the, the the young man that fixes motorcycles or bicycles or something that's a pretty common job down there and uh you know he'll he'll get money into his wallet and then he'll go to the little corner store and and buy you know some milk and bread with with crypto and you know so the whole economy kind of goes around but yeah one of the things i found interesting on you know when when el salvador went live with uh, with bitcoin in september It was crazy because we were walking down the street and people were texting us and saying, "Oh, you know, as soon as you run into somebody, let me, you know, get give me their wallet address so that I can I want to match because the country of El Salvador put thirty dollars into everybody's wallet on that day, and or thirty dollars worth of Bitcoin, and thirty dollars is you know two or three days worth of of work. Ten to fourteen dollars is kind of a, a daily wage, right? So it's a significant amount. You know, somebody paid you guys." you know two or three days worth of work it'd be nice right and and then we and then there was a huge um kind of twitter following that was going on and and uh, they were all deposited they were matching right so they were saying like just find somebody give, give me their address and i'll put 30 dollars worth of bitcoin in their in their wallet as well so it was a really kind of a, a cool thing and, and it was you know a connection between people that were you know uh, crypto crazy and 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 the, and the locals and, and and they were getting amped up right the locals were getting excited about us like <laughs> and, and i was like oh, no, i can send my grandma and she can go get what she finally wanted and you know it was a very cool experience so yeah i think we're going to try more and more and, and like i said we have the foundation called help them help themselves that that my wife is is runs and um it, it really uh i think we can we can do a lot there for for making a connection between between people all over the world and 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 here and i, I just want to this to be an example where you know we can do this again in Guatemala you know i I know been talking to the different governments and i know there's a number of countries that are really excited about about this and 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 then the next stage sort of yeah. rambling but
0: no we i mean i really love what you were you were Best example that you gave, I hadn't actually heard about that. You know, the country giving each individual uh, wallet a certain amount and, and other people jumping in and contributing. And, and we've seen this on the show um, in a few different areas where uh, cryptocurrencies and NFTs are allowing some even shorter shortcuts, right? Um, in between the developed world and developing world, you know, uh, and economies that are moving well and ones that need, you know, a little bit of a push. Um, and so that's really cool to hear about that. You know, we we talked a little bit about bit- Bitcoin Beach and El Salvador, and we talked about cryptocurrencies. We alluded to um, sort of the next level, let's say, of integrating uh, what's possible with blockchain into um, developing countries. And you talked about what you're doing with NFTs. Um, I'm curious if you have any other angles on this in terms of your thoughts about how NFTs in particular, you know, besides maybe the sort of charity element of it, um, which, which is incredible, but just having them present, right? And having them as a means of, of, of value exchange in developing countries, any thoughts on what's possible here and how these this can help uh nfts sort of as, as a separate um, side of blockchain
2: yeah well i think i think we have an advantage in in developing countries i mean i'm i'm a canadian citizen but i i haven't been in canada for a number of years i i'm i'm a panamanian and a nicaraguan resident so i spend all my time my, my wife is ecuadorian you know so we're, we're all we're amongst all those countries in the next two weeks i have to visit six or seven of those countries so we we're we're working with them all the time and what we realize is they're i find they're much more open to the concept of using nfts and they're they're actually very knowledgeable and aware of what nfts are probably in a higher percentage than even like in north america or europe Mm -hmm. and which surprises you a little bit because you you know even though they're the very you know the countries are very poor and, and many of the people have very little in material things you know they they generally have some simple smartphone and they're you know they're 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 seeing the opportunity with with crypto and nfts and so uh, you know it's it's surprising that it, the knowledge is growing very quickly yeah but the, from the perspective i mean there's some obvious reasons why you know they they're interested in adopting you know cryptocurrency and, and nfts on the crypto side um you know remittances like i was saying are, are a big thing but also you know if some of these countries aren't always in great relationships with countries like the U.S. So, you know, the U.S. has a lot of power to to sanction them and, and stop the use of you know, U.S. dollars and things like that. Well, at some point they can just say, well, go ahead and do that. We're, we're not using U.S. dollars anymore. We're, we're using crypto. And that really frees them up from being kind of like under the thumb of, of more powerful countries. Yeah. And so, from that standpoint, they're really interested in crypto. And on the NFT side, they're interested. You know, I think I mentioned to you guys last night that you know I'm excited about the next steps that we're doing. You mentioned Eco Villages, which is a company that my son and I have to design tiny homes and sustainable communities, and that's been super popular recently with um, you know with a lot of people not so happy about how their countries all over the world, not just in the U.S. and Canada, but all over the world. How their countries handled the the COVID situation, and so we get, we're getting a ton of people moving, or or having what we call a Plan B. You know, a tiny home is an inexpensive way to have a a, a long a landing pad. You know, in your back pocket. So we're seeing a ton of that happening too, and that's driving a lot of um, property purchases in Central and South America, and and that is where another part where the the countries are really the governments of the countries down there are really you know taking notice um there, there's something called a compravento, which is a, a in spanish it's a it's a buy sell agreement when you buy a property and often the time between having the sales agreement and having the deed or the title to your property can take months sometimes years it's just mm-hmm. a very slow system right and so they're looking at nfts like this could be something very powerful for them and, and efficient oh, yeah. have the sales agreement as kind of this a layer in the nft and then your second layer is the is the title itself and that could all happen much more quickly be much more secure, and uh, you know the, the countries that ad- adopt it and and bring it in house. I think you know there's transfer tax fees when you buy property, and they're, you know everybody's like, well, then I wouldn't I wouldn't get that, right? And it's like, no, you make it. You know, I, you'll you'll find the crypto NFT crowd that wants to buy an NFT property, probably pretty happy to pay a small percentage of transfer tax if they can own it in an NFT. So I think the countries are realizing that. And and, and they're, you know I, I'm talking with a number of the, the kind of the people that have been hired by those countries to 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 set up their crypto systems, and they're they're already talking to us about yeah well when you're ready to put you know properties into NFTs, you just let us know, and mm-hmm. that's our next step, and we're really close to it. So
0: yeah, it's it's made me think of this theme again of kind of these technology shortcuts, right? I mean, when I think about, I've heard about this too. You know, I lived in Peru for a year and a half or so um, Peru I think it's not it's not as bad as, as other countries but you know just who has what property <laughs> can get really complicated and I and I think as I think about it it is because of the technology available right if you look at uh, a country like the United States you know we've got lots of computers and databases and infrastructure around uh, supporting you know property rights and things like that versus a country where you you might not have as much of that infrastructure. And just like, you know, smartphones and cell phones offer a shortcut for, you know, people in developing countries to knowledge, right, and information and, and opportunity, um, it sounds like what you're saying is NFTs offer a shortcut for this sort of infrastructure, right? All of a sudden, you don't have to have, you know, a, uh, you have distributed, right, you have distributed information and it's stored in a distributed way so you don't have to have you know millions of computers themselves within that country it could be in a different country and they're supporting that infrastructure
3: totally and you know um patrick we we know a a group in in the u.s that's working on nft uh land deeds that will connect you with offline but you know there's a lot of challenges with with real estate transactions on the blockchain and, and using nfts but land is is a much more precise uh you know easy to execute use case for for nfts and and you're doing this in such an interesting way bravo Probably.
1: yeah absolutely but <clears throat> I did want to ask one clarifying question uh, when we're talking about like putting like vacation properties in your nft marketplace would it operate similarly to being able to own essentially a fraction of the the land as you do now and and receive uh, you know returns based on the production of that land would, would it operate in a similar way where it would be fractional ownership of uh, like these vacation properties
2: yeah I mean I've done fractional sales of, of homes in, in, you know, these countries down here under the old school way, right? Just a typical, you'd have a contract and maybe there's 10 owners in the, in the home or, or whatever. And, you know, it, there's, there's kind of, in my mind, there's a, there's sort of three step there's three types, right? There's, a you know, just a full ownership of a home. There's fractional, which is kind of a fewer, fewer number of people. And then there's sort of the timeshare model, which is where you're buying a certain block of, of time any of them, as far as I'm concerned, fit into the into the NFT model. Uh, I think what we're, we're, we're going to try a little bit of, I mean, it's kind of, you know, breaking new ground here. So we're not sure exactly what the, you know, what will be the most popular. I think um, for somebody, you know, if you're going to buy, I mean, it, our, our tiny homes are pretty inexpensive. I mean, they're luxurious and, you know, you have your flat screen TVs and everything and, you know, great fridges and freezers and all that, but it's, many of them are completely off grid. So they're, 100% solar and wind powered and things. So, but they're still inexpensive, you know, we can get them for around a hundred thousand dollars or sometimes less and that, you know, with the land and everything. And, and so, you know, but still a hundred thousand dollars. So if somebody wants to go, well, I don't know, do I want to buy a home like that as an NFT? I mean, it's a beautiful home on the beach and it doesn't sound like much money by us standards, but it might still make somebody you know wonder about it. But if we divide it into fifty-two nfts and one one nft represents one week of the year I, I think it gets fun at that point it's almost like you could you know now you're starting to trade those on you know on the on the marketplace and you know a, a week a week in october might not be worth as obviously the same as christmas week or something like that so right. you know they they have different values and makes it affordable now you've broken a you know a hundred thousand dollars in home into 50 parts and 52 parts and it's roughly couple thousand dollars.
3: Yeah, a tiny job. part of a tiny home.
1: <laughs> so yeah. many different ways to go in it yeah, yeah, lots of fun.
0: It's also, I mean, I guess this may have come up previously in episodes, um, but you're also bringing to light how just adding liquidity to something raises its value, right? Something can be of higher value just because it has liquidity because you can trade it and, exactly. and do interesting things with it. Well, and
2: one of the things that, that I like about our harvest rights, for instance, is there's actually a return, right? There's, I mean, by today's crypto <laughs> returns that people are seeing, it might not be that great, but over the course of 25 years, it's about 400% estimated. So that's 16% a year. You know, that's, like I said, that's not great, but by, you know, old school investing, that's a pretty good re- solid return over that many years. So, you know, it, it, it brings some, you know, and then you, so you can trade it. And obviously um, the, one of the other benefits to agroforestry, for instance, with the teak and avocado, Tea takes a long time to grow. I mean, you have some thinnings along the way. You make some money off of those thinnings, but the real score is around 22 to 25 years when the trees are mature, and you you harvest them and then you replant them. But the avocado is 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 you know bearing fruit every year. In fact, we have different varieties of avocado, and you know some bear fruit at one point time of a year, and then and then another in another season, and so you're making. You know though you're making a return on investment over the time before you get your really big score. But obviously, as the closer you get to that, let's say it is twenty five years, the closer you get to twenty five years, the more value that nft has because whoever the owner of it is is going to get that the larger return on investment. Right? so so I think it's you know it's just interesting as a as a trading vehicle too. and and then you could you know potentially trade a harvest rate nft for a home on the beach, right? And whatever whatever it is in the end, right? That they, they don't have to trade one, you know, across the same type of NFT. Yeah,
3: yeah. totally. So I have got a follow-up question because I think you, you you've been so thoughtful about how you've structured this and you're doing something interesting, correct me if I'm wrong, with with the the how you're powering this ecosystem around uh, Bitcoin. Is is that correct?
2: Yeah I'm I mean one of the things I struggled with with NFTs is the is well you know the cost of, of you know the gas basically and um, you know what we've decided to do is is doing it with uh, liquid NFTs which is liquid to being a side chain to the to the bitcoin um, blockchain and built on the same technology as the bitcoin blockchain and I think so bitcoin purists I think should like that I mean there's some I talked to some bitcoin folks that are like oh, I don't really like ethereum I'm not going to get into the NFT on that and the gas price is so high on everything you trade and buy. So with, with liquid, it's, it's extremely low um, fees and uh, you know, and the, the, the liquid Bitcoin token is really pegged to, to Bitcoin and you can trade back and forth at any time. Right. So you're, 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 we're not creating our own, our own coin for, you know, harvest rights or whatever. It's, it's really part of the liquid network. So,
1: Yeah, I tell you, um, all of this has been been so fascinating, Patrick. Uh, what you're building, and, and also I think the, the the application across so many other industries uh, with similar constructs, uh, in, in particular the impact uh, in that region and, and similar similar regions. Uh, this is something we, we, we talk about a lot is, is just the social impact of projects and, and the potential to truly change the world. And I think we're right in the middle of it, uh, at this moment. Um, you know, we do have, uh, uh, just a few minutes left, uh, to chat and, uh, wanted to take a step back and ask a few questions of you to get your personal perspective on some things, just get a sense for, for, uh, for your inspirations and, um, you know, some fun questions to get to know you better. You want to transition over to that? Like 10 quick questions, single word, few word answers might be a little fun. Well,
2: I, I, I'm, I'm not the right guy for single word answers, but I'll try. We'll <laughs> cut give you it a off. Shot. We just have a
1: few <laughs> minutes. We do it with every guest that we interview. And uh, again, it's called Edge Quick Hitters. So let's dive right in. All right. Number one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Uh, bicycle. Nice. Modes of transport. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely a favorite. Question number two. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life?
2: Well, that's a good question. Um, Probably Lemonade like every other kid.
0: (laughs) Again, a great go-to. Question is, did you have an interesting spin on Lemonade like some of our other guests who uh, had some sort of dice gambling operation uh, (laughs) attached to their Lemonade stand?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, I, I was going to say a pigeon, because I used to raise pigeons when I was a kid. I, I was kind of the, the kid in the neighborhood. I grew up in central Canada, and, and I was like, the, where everybody brought their orphaned or abandoned baby animals, basically. They showed up. I had foxes and owls and cool. all sorts of stuff. Cool. At some point, my friends would be that. And I, I would end up selling them as long as you take care of it. Well, you can, ah. you can buy it in nice. 70 plus episodes is the first pigeon.
1: That yeah. is, we had a chicken, but, uh, not a pigeon. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, question three, what is the most recent thing you purchased?
2: Uh, a car. Cool. Uh, sorry. I'm a boring guy. No, 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 no. This is, this is great.
1: Uh, question number four, what is the most recent thing you sold? Uh, Piece of property. Right on in, in, in Nicaragua? Yes. All right. Very cool. Okay, question five. What is your most prized I possession?
2: I think last night somebody bought the, that that first harvest right it was on the uh, <laughs> on the show's um, gallery. So I guess that's the most recent. Oh, amazing. Uh, that's progress. great. Congratulations. Yeah, that's and amazing. I
3: think well I just I just offered to to buy one like ten minutes ago. So there you go. <laughs> well, most recent well you, is there's an offer
0: count Patrick you got to
1: close the deal on this one yeah yeah ABC, <laughs> so, you, guys. you know you know where to find me <laughs> question five what is your most prized possession uh, my family
2: I guess yes Beautiful.
1: question six if you could buy anything in the world digital physical service and experience that is currently for sale what would that be
2: uh, probably a trip into space.
1: There'll be a lot of our guests up there with you.
0: Yes,
1: (laughs) such a popular one. Uh, Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be?
2: Um, Loyalty. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Question number eight. Flip side. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be?
2: Sorry, you broke up a little bit there. What was that?
1: If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be?
2: Impatience. Mm.
1: (laughs) A double-edged sword. Uh, Question nine. Yes, indeed. Question nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast?
2: Uh, I told my son to go down to the pool so I wouldn't have to listen to him in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Last one. Question 10. You're in the that good father statement at the beginning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, question 10, what are you doing next after the podcast? I'm going to go to the show. I haven't had a chance yet to go check out all the booths, uh, the live booth. We've been spending a lot of time in the virtual booth. So uh, my wife and son and I are going to head over there and, and check things out. Check out another on. presentation.
3: Check out the, 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 the folks at Poca City. We had them on the podcast and they're building like a SimCity version with NFTs. Um and uh, it's quite—it's quite cool. It's Miami style, and uh, they just launched a debut of their game uh, a week ago, and it's—it's it's become quite a viral sensation. So check those guys out. Yeah,
0: ask them if they want to implant an avocado farm within within Boca uh, City.
3: Yeah. No, no. anything's <laughs> possible with those guys. They're doing cool stuff.
2: They may want to. Oh, uh, one of you guys had a great idea last night that I was listening to. That was um. You know, giving people the lat long of, of the of the property and, you know, the harvest rights, even, you know, wherever theirs is. And I think, you know, it'd be great to implement some of these guys that have already built the software engine behind it to to do some of that stuff where it's kind of like the the super world or, or these guys that you're talking about. And, uh, you know, t- goes from being just a virtual thing to. A, a real thing where you've actually got that location. Yeah. yeah.
3: Reach R- is in town. He lives in Miami. Now we saw him, the the founder of Superworld, and yeah. uh, they bring physical and digital to life. So we can definitely arrange a conversation with reach.
1: Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And a lot of fun. Um, we'll, we'll look again, it's been an amazing conversation. We really appreciate you sharing everything about you and your project and everything that's forthcoming. Want to know, for folks that want to follow you, where should they go? Uh, social handles, website. I want to make sure they can keep tabs on what you're up to.
2: Uh, Vita Verde Agroforestry is is on all the major ones now. I mean, we're really just ramping a lot of these things up, but you can find us on, you know, Instagram and Twitter and and uh, Facebook and everything. So, like I said, th- there's not a whole lot in there right now, but you know, I think uh, my my email address you can use phebert at mavennft.io. Um, I'm happy to chat with anybody and, you know, give more information. So that's it, great. You know, where, and I, I'm on LinkedIn as well, so you can follow me there.
1: Perfect. And I think we're doing a fun giveaway for uh, the viewers and uh, and eventual listeners as we publish this uh, podcast. Josh, did you want to give a, a quick background on what we're thinking there?
3: Yeah, this is pretty cool, guys. So um, maybe too many bojitos, but we got a little creative last night. We're going to give away 10 different. Uh, NFTs for the Avocado Teak Farm, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, we've sent a a $7,500 Picasso lithograph to Turkey. This is a chance for everyone globally to have, um, you know, an opportunity to participate in this uh, cyclical economy that Patrick is creating, which is pretty amazing. And then there's um, another special um, prize we're working up tied to our living tree nft project uh ethan and i are repping the the shirts right now um where we're 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 gonna get folks an opportunity to come over to patrick's farm and who knows maybe the edge of nft team will be there with them and uh, we can continue the mojito trend if if you know a good spot patrick I, I know a lot of good spots.
0: <laughs> we got to be careful that we all might uh, end up living out in the ocean for a few so, years so, after we visit. <laughs>
3: so, so so it's going to be really important for folks that are listening here at the conference to follow at Edge of NFT on Twitter. Um, you can also join our newsletter at uh, edgeofnft.com and we'll announce this giveaway in the near future when we post this podcast um, after the conference.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think that's a a wrap for this amazing talk. And again, if you'd like to check out this discussion later on, head over to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the Edge of NFT podcast. Also follow us at Edge of NFT on Twitter for other killer discussions, details on what will be an unforgettable event called NFT LA in February, 2022, uh, and the scoop on the Living Tree NFTs we just mentioned. It's our community-driven NFT drop arriving here in just a few weeks. So on behalf of the Miami Crypto Experience team, and of course, Edge of NFT, Thanks for sharing this time with us today. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks very much, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. Absolutely. Catch you there, Patrick. Take care.
0: Okay. We hope you've enjoyed this special bonus content from the Miami Crypto Experience event. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey also much better. How? Go to iTunes right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And don't forget, as a member of the Edge of NFT ecosystem, you're part of a community defined by collaboration and co-creation. Right now, we're giving you a literal opportunity to plant seeds with us and grow deep roots and broad branches together through NFTs. We're breaking ground on our own special NFT collections. Please head over to spiritseeds.xyz to find out more about our collection of only 100 Spirit Seed NFTs that will ever be minted that's been created in collaboration with NFT influencer Nicole Buffett. And stay tuned to our Discord found at edgeofnft.com slash Discord to get the inside scoop on our upcoming Living Tree NFT drop. Between these projects, we aim to plant tens of thousands of trees with you and offset thousands of metric tons of carbon emissions. At the same time, you'll get special access to our giveaways and events, as well as even more opportunities to co-create and collaborate with us. Check out edgeofnft.com slash discord to join our discord and plant your roots within our community now.
1: The creators of Edge of NFT will be compensated to support the production costs associated with the program. We are very selective when deciding who to have on these shows, but we're learning as we go, just like you. The views expressed are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to serve as an endorsement or investment advice. You are urged to do your own research, as well as consult a reputable financial advisor before making any investment or purchase
0: decision.